This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Episode 601 of The Sleeper and the Bus. It is Sunday, September 16th, and it's a fireside chat with your host, Paul Spore, and joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, what's up? What is happening? I'm really happy that we're doing these again. Uh, sorry about last week. One week off. Eh, it's just off. one week yeah. off. Yeah. I know, but we were, we were so close. <laughs> we, we really were, and because <laughs> the, the way you are, like, okay, do you have Snapchat? Uh, no. Okay, if you did... You'd be interesting to Snapchat with because they have something called the Snapchat streak that you can start with somebody where if you're snapping each other each day, it's, they have a little number that just goes up. Oh, my uh, God. That's, that's and, such an incredible smart now, thing that is so addicting. Yeah. Yes, because then and, – and the way it works is you can't just snap me and keep the streak going. i got to snap you back a picture. I can't just, like, put text to respond to it. And where I'm going is I think you'd be the one like, hey, the timer's on our streak. Let's go because <laughs> – Rain or shine, you're doing the roundup. You know, uh, you're, you're bending over backwards to get get everything done, no matter what. When you're in Telluride and everything, so I know it probably killed you to break our streak uh, last week. But you know what? It happens. We're right back on track. And by the way, the firesides aren't going anywhere in the winter for anybody who might. No, be we're doing those. It's gonna be great. Uh, the off season ones are gonna be a lot of fun. We are back for one today, and I'm excited about this one because another forward looking one. And what we're going to do is uh, look at the player rater on ESPN. You can look at Fantasy Pros, too. They're, they're very similar. I just usually go to the ESPN one because I have a league there, and so it's, it's easiest. You can probably use our auction calculator and get a similar list. But the bottom line is what we're doing is we're looking at the top 25 pitchers on the ESPN player rater. And we're going to talk about some guys that we think have a strong shot to not even make top 50 next year. What? A top 50? Yeah. They're going to really fall out for different reasons. Now, right off the top, number 20 is Kyle Freeland. We're eliminating him. Too obvious. I don't think anyone will really be expecting him to come close to that. Um, you know, he might put up a top 40 season or whatever, but no one's going to have him anywhere near there. It would have been too easy. We would have wasted everybody's time just because Coors Field. Well, Spore, you just, I, that's all I spent time studying. I thought oh, that's, that's what I was. Oh, you spent the last <laughs> four days studying that. Oh, my bad, man. Uh, oh, you man. had an hour on him. Dang oh. it. I'm I sorry. even have, you know, you, know what? you can start him. It's a free land. 
Now, you can go to your B option. Actually, no, you can't. It's Charlie Morton. We're eliminating him as well. No! It's a little too obvious. <laughs> His health track record has never been very sharp. This year, I think he has like one uh, little spell on the DL. So for the most part, he did stay healthy, but no one's really – like I, I, I personally believe in the talent. I, I, I believe you do too, but I'm not, I don't want to speak for you. But I think the talent isn't so much the question. It's the fact that he's going to be 35 with an awful injury track, health track record uh so again he would be too obvious so we're going to eliminate those two and then dive in from there let's start with your first one we each have a couple i've got one that i did not hint to you at all uh is a top 10 guy that i'm gonna i'm gonna drop well, that's, the a bomb. that's a hint though well, that, that's a hint but you didn't know you didn't know who it was. i mean i'm but, looking at them and I, I i'm obviously gonna have contention with whoever it is i have a feeling who that is now yeah yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, i'll let you guess before we do it we'll, we'll, we'll say I mean, let's 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 get into your, your first one here. Well, okay. It's someone that actually I'm a big fan of, and I have liked him through this season. Uh, and uh, obviously, by the way, you also did mention Shohei Otani's only in there because yes. he's a hitter. His so, hitting puts him in there, and so that's I mean, another option. So, by the way, if you wanted to dip down and add the 26, 27, 28, which is Tanaka, Paxton, or Tyone, that right. would be fine because we did eliminate three right off the top. So I'll just I'll open sure. that up for you. But go ahead. I wouldn't actually I, – I mean, I could talk about all three of those, but I won't have them outside the top 50. I actually really love Tyone. Uh, I do, too. I, 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 I still love Paxton's talent. Well, I, I mean, I love that you love him, too. At the same time, I'm like, oh, man, I've, I'm kind of hoping he's underrated going into next year, and he won't be now. I will Great. be pumping so, him up. So happy about that. Um, we have him at 20, though? All right, fine. I, the first one I'm going to go with, again, someone I liked all year. It's Jay Happ. Yep. Um, and Jay Happ has been making a season on high fastballs. It's been great. It's been working well for him. It's part of the reason why he has a 26% K rate. But that was inflated a bit by really hot uh, opening months. And wrote about it. I remember. And then and he's 1.13 whip. I don't know if I can really buy that uh, with a 767 hit per nine. That's got to go back up a bit. He's at a 3.75 ERA right now because the home run per fly ball rates. I can imagine he, he could resign. With the Yankees, uh, that's not out of the question. They need that lefty. I mean, they might go and get Corbin, but let's say he stays in Yankee Stadium. Well, the home runs probably won't go away. And sure. that, that FIP, I understand that doesn't really take into account home runs, but let's say it's stable. That's a four FIP. So he does that for a full season. Maybe the Ks fall down to 22%. Whip goes down to 125, 130. That might be outside of the top 50, especially if he isn't 16 and 6. If he gets, yeah, if, he had, if, if Hap had some some bad luck with, with wins, maybe the bullpen blows a few or something like that, he doesn't get the offensive support uh, all of a sudden. Because I think that's a big part that, that we lose sight of when we look at things like these rankings or auction values is how much the wins. Someone should run an auction values, <clears throat> excuse me, an auction values minus wins. Hmm. Uh, you know, just like take take that out. And, and just see where they are just to kind of get an idea because those are so hard to repeat. Even on a quality team, you can have a guy go, you know, 18 and six one year and then he's 15 and 11 the next year and it's still a darn good season. But I, I'd be interested to see that just because uh, an 18 type win season or more can really inflate that bottom line there and, and half's having a heck of a season. Would you say he's 16 and six this year? Yes, exactly. That's that, giving him a nice is, boost. Crazy. Uh, yes. and I mean, there's someone else that also has that win total I'll talk about in a moment. So we'll go back and forth here. Uh, but I mean, there's also the, the fact that, that half, he's 35. He's going to be 30. He's not a young blood. 36 in two months. Yeah. Uh, so you have to think a guy that has, well, he had 25 starts the year before. 
maybe, you know, maybe he only goes 25 starts next year too. And there you go. I mean, I, I don't want to mention injury as part of this top 50 thing as much, but we're trying to avoid that, that. part of it. This but it is something to consider. Bit. Yes. Uh, okay. So my first guy might classify on the obvious side, but I don't know that he does because the one thing that stands out about Miles Michaelis is he doesn't have the strikeouts, right? We, we know that he has a 17% mark with just a 19, 9%, excuse me, swinging strike rate, but he's got stuff to have swing and miss. So this one could actually blow up in my face if he turned to some more strikeouts, but I think he's really more on that efficiency beat. And what I'm really making the play here is that he's going to be closer to to his 333 FIP, somewhere in the mid threes, and the whip will go up with it in concert. And so when you don't have the strikeouts to fall on, you need those ratios. He's at 299 and 112 this year, and I just can't really see that. I think an 8-7 hit per nine isn't particularly special, so it's all on that walk rate. And while I do believe that he has fantastic control and command and can maintain a really strong walk rate, a 4% mark is difficult. And so I do see Michael is kind of falling back. Uh, and, and perhaps outside of top 50, because again, also another big record guy, 15 and four. That's a heck of a record there. Uh, he's going to be on the quality Cardinals team. I don't dislike him. And here's one thing I do like about him. I don't think his price is going to shoot through the roof. So if you do like him and you are a little bit worried about him as I am, I think you can still get him without paying a premium. But I really see him as more of a mid threes, uh, upper one teens whip, say like a 117, 118 whip. Great walk rate, not many strikeouts, and and we'll see if he can be an innings eater again. He will be 30 next year as well. So I, this is not a full-on hate, but I do think he, he falls closer to uh, outside the top 50. Right. So, I mean, the guy you just described will, is still inside the top 50. Uh, if it's a 3-5, 3-5 ERA with like a 118 whip, that's in the top 50 easily. It's... <sighs> I mean, I, I'm yeah, not three, five, you're right. Well, cause, okay, because here's who I here's who I had in mind, uh, but you're right because it's a it's a, about a half run difference. I was thinking Julio Tehran, who's like 55th. Uh, he's actually 51st. He has a 397-119, So I would have to go higher on the ERA. So you're right. So um, I, I, I will I will say that he might be exceeding the 350. Then right. I will push okay. him, I will push him the higher level and say he's closer to. Uh, um, you know his his ex fifth, but then that starts to say, well, will he start? To, will, will his home run not luck? Because I don't think he's been overly lucky to have a nine percent home to fly ball rate for Michaelis. But if you look kind of at uh, Sierra's at three ninety eight, right, and that's kind of the skills independent. I believe that he can keep even like a 6% walk rate, but that's going to be 2% more. Like that is still going to be a jump up. And it is really the strikeouts for me that, that makes it tough because everything else has to be in line. So you're right. If it is 350, he will stay in the uh, in the top 50 because even Tehran, because you can't even say it's win-loss record because Tehran's only 9-8, and eight and he's he's right there with a 397, 190. So it would have to push closer to four for Michaelis, but then with those strikeouts being down. So, again, I'm talking probably top 60 for him, so this is not like a, a, a bottom falls out. It's just more of right. a stabilization back to the uh, median for him. So I, I wonder about Mikolas, what we're actually going to get, because when we talked about him in the spicy, fiery side chat way back in, uh, what was it, May the or side end, chat. end of, whatever, in the end of like April, like the fiery side, uh, what my argument was, I think that he still had chaos side that he might tap into, and he never really showed that. He's had moments of it, but it's still yeah, 70% mark. For the year now, it, he did raise it up to a nine percent swing strike rate, 
And I don't know if we've had this discussion on the fireside before, but when I see an overall whip rate, I generally in my head multiply that by two or two point yep. five. Shorthand. Right. So like that nine percent would translate to about eighteen or it's like anywhere from eighteen to twenty two. Correct. Uh, around there in my head. Sometimes it could be a little bit lower. Like right now it's seventeen, but I think that could should be higher. And I won't be surprised if he pushes twenty next year. That slider is still really, really good. Very it's, close to being a money pitch. It's not, but it's very it's, close. I guarantee you, many in their mind, because they look at his profile, find believe that they treat Michaelis as a soft tosser, because that's just what people do. Uh, but he's not. Yeah, at, when they right. see like a a low, a high, tiny, tiny walk rate guy who doesn't get a lot of whiffs, they're like, oh, soft tosser. No, no, he throws ninety four, ninety five. Like right. he pumps ninety six with regularity. And to your point about the swinging strike rate, since in the second half it's up to ten percent. So then if you're looking at that at a two to, to two and a half, because the shorthand is, though, yeah, I agree with you. I do two. 2x on the swing strike rate is an expected strikeout rate, and then they can kind of jump from that depending on. But he also doesn't go for them too, so that's one sure, thing. Right, yeah. I do think he's very open to saying, you know what, I get a 50% ground ball rate. Let's go on the ground. Let's get the, let's get it done here. We have Colton Wong uh, at second base. He's pretty good. Paul DeYoung isn't that good. You don't really want to hit into them. But the bottom line is, uh, I do think that Michaelis could add strikeouts and really blow it up in my face, but I'm not I'm not betting on it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, he needs to improve his curveball a bit. Uh, it's a pitch that he throws as a strike at a 51% zone rate and sub 10% swing strike rate, but about a 250 batting average allowed. It needs to just be a little bit better at fighting the bottom of the zone and not hanging up so guys can slap it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but his fastball slider combination, <coughs> excuse me, uh, was so effective. Uh, and I do think that, uh, I mean, he had a decently high hit per nine, 8.7. Yeah, I don't think that's something that could drastically change, and I do think he's going to continue uh, having a low walk rate. I don't see him going above five percent. I really think that's what he does. Because he even had a seven percent in fourteen in twenty fourteen um, for fifty seven innings when he was bad in the right. majors. So he's the control piece has been there for Michaelis. So despite like a these are kind of negative slants, this is still a guy I'm probably going to pick in a few weeks because I don't think there's going to be a tax on this season. Right. So, I mean, I, so I would go back and forth here. Yeah, I do see how this could go poorly. When you're not striking a lot of guys and you're relying on a 9% home run fly ball, well, maybe that does change and all of a sudden things get bad very quickly. Sure. On the other side, I do see someone that could be better than he's performing right now. So that made me conflicted choosing Mike List. But, yeah, again, I have like six guys that I could see the argument we can make the for case them. for. Yeah. Right, and Mike List was one of them. So Okay. Well, who's, your, who's your next one on, on the list? Excuse me. I... Uh, well, there's Rick Porcello, who's yeah. right at the end of it at 25. I was actually really shocked to see him at 25 because he's had a very tumultuous season with a 43 ERA. Yep. Uh, at the same time, he has 17 wins. So he should get a Cy Young you again. <laughs> Give him another Cy Young, I guess. Just let him we'll steal as many Cy Youngs as he can. I mean, he is called the thief. Uh, so would <laughs> shock me. Interestingly enough, that's not on his baseball reference page. What? Get out of here. They didn't put that for his nickname on there. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. To your point about the tumult, I mean, you know, he started off really strong. I think he had like a, a sub two or very low two ZRA going into mid-May, then dropped a few five bombs on folks um, in his in his next couple starts. Skyrocketed up, uh, was carrying like a four into the All Star break. Now he's at four three. It, it's it's weird. He's one of those guys. His August is is just peak. Actually. 
to start from before the break till about now is just peak Porcello for the volatility. Eight earned, zero, four, one, seven, one, five, three, four, one, four, three. Like it's just, it's yeah, all we're getting at. The last five starts though, the one thing he's supposed to do if you have Rick Porcello is supposed to eat up some innings. Hasn't gone six in any of the last five. Yep. What's going on there? I will say this, the counter for him, he has added strikeouts. He's had a career high strikeout rate. Um, so, I mean, that is something that's kind of helping him. But uh, where do you think where do you think he goes next year at age thirty with the it'll be his four, fifth year with the Red Sox? What do you what are you expecting to see out of him? Well, okay, so homer fly ball rate is back up to fourteen percent. That's the fourth time he's had that. Other two years in between have been nine point five and nine point three. So it's not so shocking to see such a high home run per nine at 1.3 for me, especially mm-hmm. inside of Fenway. Not too shocked about that. I am shocked that he has a 24% carry rate and 8.7% swing strike rate. Definitely. That's a lower one than Nikolas, the guy with the 17% carry rate. Uh, so that just doesn't seem right to me. I do understand that he's throwing more sliders, and his slider is all of a sudden this put-away pitch he never really had before, and he's confidently throwing with two strikes. I get that. I don't think it's so amazing. That we should think like, oh yeah, this 24% K rate, this is going to stick around. I, I don't really buy that totally. I also just have, of course, that two seamer that comes back into left-handers that he does freeze guys with. So you couldn't make the argument, oh, you're not going to see it on the swing strike rate. You're going to see more called strikeouts. I, I still don't think that's a strong enough argument for me to think he'll hint at 24% again in 2019. The whip at 1.16 is very interesting. Uh, it is nice to see a sub-6% walk rate once again for every season, save for his rookie year uh, for yeah. Porcello. Porcello doesn't walk a lot of guys, that's for sure. Right. Uh, I go back and – again, this is another one where I, I don't really know if I really believe it. I could see it fall out completely. I mean, we have, we've seen this year where he's just been terrible for a lot of starts. So I, I think this is the most convincing one of the lot of a guy that could be completely ostracized and out. I mean, he has a 4-3 ERA. It's yeah. that simple. He's, he's already like putting up some factors that are there. The right. home runs are scary. The ERA is already a bit high. What is it when he loses it with Porcello? What, like, have you dialed in on any of those bad starts? Like, What makes him be so volatile? Because he's supposed to be – he's like known as a steady Eddie innings eater because his bottom line is often there. But you look in his last four years around the Cy Young, he's got kind of two garbage years, and then this year has been pretty good because the whip and strikeouts are saving the ERA. Like, What, what is his deal? I mean, generally, it's it's if his sinker isn't doing what he wants it to do. Okay. Uh, and this is this is something I, I have been wanting to talk about a lot with – if you look at, like, the top 20 guys, you know, you look at this list, how many of them make their careers off of two-seamers? I mean, Aaron Nola is only the one I can think of. Corey Kluber throws one, and it's terrible. Yep. I, I mean, who? Trevor Bauer kind of throws one, but it's really his four-seamer that does most of the damage. Charlie Morton, kind of? Yeah. But that's the thing. You, you don't, you're not going to see a high upside guy with a two-seamer. No. Sinker. Because, it's because it's very susceptible to getting hit, and yes. it doesn't miss enough bats these days, and that's just not how you win anymore. When that goes back to our boy, we, I'd like to see maybe Tyone get a little bit more away from his two-seamer. Well, he's center. actually been throwing more four-seamers up in the zone. And I, and that's, I, that's what I'm loving. And he up. added that slider this year. Like He had two factors. That's oh, why man. I, this, we you keep reminding me. We'll do. We'll do. A, honestly, we'll do a whole one on him. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a fire. Oh, definitely. We'll do. We'll essentially do the off season. We'll do like two guys a week, or yeah, just like that's it. We'll just do guy. 
yeah. a pro- profile of, of it, it, it'll be our guys, and then yes. we just go through it. I love, um, love it. But the so, uh, complete tangent, really quickly. Sorry. Uh, really quickly, it just reminded me. I have to. I have to find a way. I gotta. I gotta reach out to Tyone or to Chad Cool or something, because the day that Tyone started throwing sliders was, I believe, May twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. And the day after was the day that Chai Cool started throwing a ton more sliders. There was a conversation. That has to be related. And I want I to believe... know what that conversation was. Wait, I believe they have a podcast together, so I think Do they really? Friends. Yeah. Um, I know Jameson Tyon's on it, and I believe Stephen Brault, too, because he's, really, uh, he's a real big-time, like, social butterfly, for lack of a better word. Let me see. It's, it's the IMHO podcast. Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm going to see who runs it. This is a fun tangent. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah, going. No. Right, as you do this, uh, Rick Porcello, uh, at the end of the day for me, it's it's too volatile, and I can see everything just kind of going with strikeouts going down, the ERA staying up, home runs staying up, and the width falling with it uh, yeah. as the wins disappear. He has 17 now. Let's say he gets an 11-win season, the Red Sox with the same 4-3 ERA. Yeah, that could spell outside of the top 50. Yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, actually Stephen Brault and Trevor Williams that host it. Now, Tyone was on it, but uh, it seems that their pitching group does get along, and it's really interesting that you mentioned that Cool started throwing his right, uh, slider right around the time that... Uh, the day that, after. The day yeah, after. Tyone, they, they had to. He <laughs> must have been like, yo, that was working, dude, that grip that we've been working. I, I tried it right? out. I want to know this. I'll, I'll find out. out. Uh, all right, so let me go on to my next one here. What you got? Mike Fultonevich, and I'm super torn on this one because <laughs> I loved him last year, didn't come through, quit him this year. Not just backed off, I quit him. So I, 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 I'm not usually one to just quit. I will double down and say, no, I still believe. I like this guy, this, that, and the other. I was saying, nah, man, uh, you know, I know he's young. It's just it's not working though. He doesn't get enough swing and miss with the stuff that he has. I'm not seeing it. Well, obviously things have changed this year. He's he's dialed down the fastball, dialed up the slider, and and really had a heck of a season. That slider has become amazing for uh, Mike Fultonevich, and despite only having a a 10% swing strike rate, which ties his career high, but isn't very very good. Uh, he has a 28% strikeout rate, and I think part of that. Yes, it's, it, it suggests that the strikeouts might come down, but I also think it's about his deployment of pitches and when he's going for the swings and misses, which is deeper into the counts, to get the final strike. And so I do think that there is some some stability to the strikeout rate despite the mismatched swing strike rate and strikeout rate for Fulton Evich. So I think he can maintain more of a 24 to 25%, but that's still almost a 4% chop, uh, a four-point chop from his 28% mark this year. A 199 average, I mean, as nasty as he is, as nasty as the sliders, as good as their defense is, which will still be good next year, you can't peg anyone for a 199. So bring him back to his career 255. I think that that's at least where I'm bringing him back to. That's going to boost the whip. And then there's the volatility. He's in another one of these guys. Now, in the second half, especially since August 1st, he's been excellent. Those of you that have him in your fantasy playoffs or, or in Roto down the stretch, you're like, Spore, what are you talking about, dude? This guy's been amazing. He is carrying me. I get that. 
but look at the volatility that he had um, throughout the first half and even going into the uh, break. He had double. He went one zero five five four four and then hit this run. So I do still have some concern if that slider isn't aces again next year. What are we getting out of Fultonevich? This is the one good year at age twenty six. Is it the jump off or is it the career year? I'm going to be a little bit leery on him because I do think folks are going to be interested in Mike Fultonevich, and I'm probably going to peel off if the price is too high. So, all right. Uh, I mean, I'm with you on the on the being torn. We talked about him a lot with Newcomb uh, as kind of guys that should fall off. We, I mean, I think we were expressing that Newcomb had a stronger cliff or a larger one. Yeah, we did. Then did then Bolte, and he still has a two sixty six year, right? Uh, yeah. And it's those four starts that really didn't go well for him. Uh, it's really just get rid of that sinker for for the love of Pete. Just do that, all right? Pete's banging uh, you, man. I know. Oh, man. I don't want to. I, I just want. I try to make this as family friendly as I possible. So I, I bring up Pete. And I always ruin it. <laughs> our favorite um, thing to do, I think. I think we we secretly have that bond. We've never talked about it, but I think it's our favorite. Thing. And then then I yell about how I have to edit it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he talks about fecal matter all the time. And, well, now you're doing it too. Okay. Uh, that, most people don't even know what that word means. Well, that's very insulting to our listeners. Uh, what, I will say, what I will say is this. Um, he actually, the unsung hero for for Fulte is actually a two-fold thing. It's his changeup and his curveball. Yeah. And they have allowed a 167 average in his changeup and a 174 average for Fulte Nevich's curveball. That's a lot. That's that's really, really good for pitches that don't really do much. That's uh, a 7.5% whiff rate on that curveball and a 13% on his changeup. Not that great. 20% uh, O-swing on that changeup as well. That's not really an effective pitch often. So most of the time, he really should just be going four-seamer and slider. He throws in that sinker. He's thrown over 400 of them this year. It's not good. It doesn't allow extra base hits. Uh, only two homers. As opposed to the nine and a eleven hundred thrown to four seamers, yeah, but still not. Uh, it's still way too hittable and not a good pitch. You just really should get rid of this. I believe it's like a three hundred, yeah, three thirty six batting average allowed on on those sinkers this year. Uh, and that's the problem, and that's the thing he got beat on a bit during that four game stretch. His slider wasn't as consistent either, and that's really all that was. Everything else was fine. Everything else was going great. That slider is unbelievably good. I I have that here. It's a 17.5% swing strike rate, 46% zone rate, exactly 40% O swing, which makes it a money pitch. I don't have the chance. Uh, so that's all I got. Well, we're on the sky, uh, Skype. I can't. I, can't I know. Play with the mic. You're with the guy who loves it. You could just put it up to your mic. I uh, I can, but I don't have anything to do. I don't. You understand? Oh, your phone. Technique. Well, I'm sorry, Spore. I didn't think this through. You know what? It's all right. <laughs> we did deal with some technical difficulties. By the way, if the sound isn't up to par, it is because we had to uh, we had to improvise today. So I hope please we, bear okay. with us. Now, his batting average allowed on the slider, 750 plus thrown, 115. Oh my goodness! 115 yeah. from Mike Fultonevich's slider batting yes. average against. No wonder it has a 20. Point five pitch value. Say twenty one point one here with the uh, the pitch FX numbers. Wow, silly. So yeah, that's that's kind of the thing that should fall down a little bit, okay. uh, and that will happen. I think that'll also boost up his home run per. Uh, sorry, his silver fly ball. That is around ten percent right now. I wouldn't be surprised if that goes up to about twelve percent next year. Two sixty Babbitt should go up as well. 
Yeah. Do I think it's going to be a full-on drop-off? I don't think so. I mean, last year was a 480 ERA with a 148 whip, and I think his slider is a bit better than that now than he used to be. Um, not to mention he was throwing too many two-seamers then, and that's a stupid pitch. He's dropped that one from 27% down to 16%. He's gotten the memo a little bit, uh, so I think he's still going to be better than that season, of course, in 2017. But yeah, 2019 for Fultinevich. I could I understand the argument for pushing him out of the top 50. There are things that could go poorly. Mm-hmm. Hit for nine, it's three points lower this year from nine eight eight to six six one. I mean that's ridiculous. And it is that's slider, of course. Right, but I mean that's I mean that's elite levels of a hit per nine. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And the walk rate meanwhile has gone up to a career high of nine percent. Uh, so, so all that combined, I could see for ERA theoretically 1.3 whip, etc. While the K is coming down to 22 percent or something like that. Yeah, I don't buy it, but I can see that as one of the the possibilities of the ends of the of the spectrum. With so. Fulty, do you expect to be buying in then? Like, do you expect well, someone who pushes it because the price is going to go up, obviously? Right. Uh, I I don't know. ADP is a weird thing. Um, I don't personally make projections to. So I can't tell you I expect a three five ERA from him. Or like I don't that. either because trying to uh, nail down an ERA. I, when I the one time I did them and I put them in the SP guy, I did ERA ranges because I just thought. Yeah, I, I can I can imagine that. that. Uh, but I would say I would imagine there are going to be people that overdraft Fulty because he see this miraculous season. Especially if he does well in the so playoffs. I, sure, he get he'll get more exposure, all that stuff. Yeah. That's a really good point. I uh, I won't be going for it then. But at the same time, it really depends on your league. I can definitely see myself in a league that has all been reading the same thing about Fulty going to that 3-7 Sierra. Yeah. And see that, and that means he's outside of the top 35 starting pitching picks, then I might be taking him. Then all of a sudden you're in. Okay, that makes sense. Um, let's jump to your next one, and that's Mike fulton by the way. Go ahead. Uh, well, okay, the last two, um, this is, this is, they're kind of connected. Okay. Bit. Uh, and, and it's because of the very first fireside chat that we had. Wait, by the way, can I guess one of them? Of course. Because I feel like you don't really like Zach Wheeler that much. Well, that, that is one. You can probably okay. guess what the one is then if you... Um, is it Flaherty? Yeah. Who else? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so Zach Wheeler and Jack Flaherty <laughs> for the Mets and Cardinals respectively. Go ahead, Nicholas. So, uh, so our mistake, or, you know, we had this first fireside chat. Sport called me and says, we got to talk about Castillo. And what and we did. We, we talk about we, what we did. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, uh, we set fires to all these leagues. <laughs> the very, crime very And to our own leagues, by the way. That's one thing. Oh, I, yeah. My, I do yeah. hammer yeah. home on that, but I do it for a reason because yeah. we're feeling the pain with you. I don't right. go out helping somebody that high and then come away with no shares. There's no way. Yeah, this isn't something like where we, we purchase all the things, get the money, and then get on our boat away from the country that's watching <laughs> exactly. it burn in the background. We do insider uh, trading and then yeah. make all y'all uh, <laughs> scoop all those shares while we're just riding no, high we, on our faulty shares. Yeah, we uh, we were the ones that were the most upset about all of this anyway. Anyway, uh, so it's the same kind of philosophy of you have Zach Wheeler and you have Jack Flaherty and these two young guys kind of making their first impact. And the Flaherty's a little bit... More so just because he's much younger than Wheeler. Wheeler's been around for a little bit longer. But the injuries um, kind of make right, it simple. Right. I'm, I'm making them kind of the same idea of they're both having this, oh, wait, they exist, and they're great, right? This is it. This is their sample, and we should all believe this. So I need to take a step back and say, okay, I know this firsthand. That that's not always the case now. 
and we need to really reassess what could go wrong with them. So let's start with Wheeler. I don't like his secondary stuff. I think yeah. his secondary stuff isn't as good as it needs to be for for prolonged uh, sustainable success. Mm-hmm. His four seam was great, and I think if you have a, a, a repertoire and you have something that's great, generally having a four seamer being excellent is better than anything else. Correct. If that's your if that's your foundation as it is for Wheeler, I do like that. But your concerns, and you brought this up on the on the corner pod as well. That's why I knew he was going to be one of them. Uh, you've got some concerns about Wheeler's secondaries outside of the fastball, and so then it puts everything on the fastball, and there will be days where that's not working, and that and then what do we get? You know. Well, right. Uh, and I think everything is he's in a nice groove now, but I don't know. I mean, he has this. Change up the split change sometimes. He's kind of added a little splitty, yeah. Right? It's inconsistent. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it does not at all. And that's not really what you want from a change. You want, like, a good steady eddy change that you can depend on. I'm moving away from guys generally that throw split change just because of this, because I've talked about it a lot as being the most volatile pitch. And especially such a feel pitch. Adding it. It just doesn't seem right to me. I, I mean, I was initially biased towards it because I used to throw one. And I love it. And it I love the pitch, but I, I feel you. And I've always, I've always promoted guys that throw them too. Um, but to your point about the volatility, I think it's such a feel pitch. And with the way the ball has been these past couple of years inflicting blisters, I think a lot of split change guys have have been part of it too. So sure. I think kind of getting double whammy there. And then if you if you got a blister on it and you can't go to it anymore. Now where are you? So I think that's a very fair point about Wheeler adding this pitch, which has been good at times. But Right. I can also uh, imagine people saying, well, look, Wheeler's got two other secondary pitches. He has a curveball and he has a slider. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't he be good just with three of them? But the thing is, the curveball isn't that consistent either. The uh, the changeup is – it's kind of like that changeup. It's only a 14% swing strike rate, 41 in change percent zone rate. 31% O-swing. That's not doing enough for me to think that he can really consistently be like, oh, yeah, today's my curveball day. I've sure. got this, and I'll be working with that. 161 batting average allowed is very nice, and only a 0.81 ISO. That's awesome. I don't think it's going to stick. And I, I I think it's nice at times as a big looping thing, but he, th- he throws bad ones all the time. It's not really sharp enough. So the highest potential is that slider that ah, it just doesn't do enough. That's, that's what he needs. O-swing. That's a slider for Wheeler. Yeah, yeah, that should be it. And it's a 91-mile-per-hour pitch. It's almost like a cutter. It's that Worthen slider, really. Yep. It's, but it's a 40.5% zone rate. If you're going to have that low of an O-swing, I need a higher zone rate to say, okay, you know what? He's getting strikes with that and then going back to high heat, and that works. And that's fine. Uh, 12% swing strike rate. So I'm not seeing enough from the secondary stuff for me to really think that Wheeler deserves – I mean – Top 50, I, I can still think he should be top 50 with that, with a four-seamer as good as it is. And these secondary pitches that are fine but not great, that should work to be a top 50 guy. I don't see top 25 again uh, from Wheeler. This is going to be a guy I think I'm going to be low on across the board from uh, relative to everybody else. It's just not I, – I just don't think he's going to get better at it. Uh, it's possible he does, and I then if he does, then he's great. Then he's excellent. He, uh, yeah. So we we were. Th- there's a possibility. If one, I think if one of them pops, right? If one of those pitches becomes a, a super reliable 
gem to go with the fastball, Wheeler can definitely push yes. top 30, top 25 again. Yeah. But I hear you, Valta. This is one where uh, it's kind of the full tee that I had for you where you kind of still like Fulty despite understanding. I understand all of this. I do still like Wheeler because I am a sucker for guys that have the fastballs that you can really uh, lean back on, but I completely understand, and it's going to be price dependent, and if that, if I get in a situation where people are are boosting him Castillo style, I am going to peel back. I am going to right. learn from our mistakes. Now, now, two things. One, price dependent. Does that mean that when you if you draft David Price, you'll get him? Just kidding. And two, I... Uh, <laughs> Two, I actually have a very interesting comp, which is very surprising, but it makes a lot of sense in my head. It's Vince Velasquez. Oh, no, I, I think that's that's very fair. It's, that's very, very it's surprising because he's a lot better than Velasquez. Well, but th- this is what I mean, this is what people want from Velasquez. Well, right. Like they, they've been dying for this 175-inning season from him because you see the flashes and you realize – Velasquez could do this, but he never has the consistency to do it because his fastball isn't quite as good. But when he's on, this is the Velasquez model. Yeah, this is peak Velasquez. Right, exactly. So to your point, instead of paying the premium for Wheeler, why not wait, what, six, seven, eight more rounds and just get Velasquez? No, I don't want anything to do with Velasquez. Oh, you don't? Why not? I feel like that's the kind of guy you take because you go cheap on pitching. I I do, but Velasquez, I I I, I, I just don't buy Velasquez. Oh, okay. Okay. But I mean, like this. I mean, I see the, essentially the mold of Velasquez in his when he was doing his thing right. I see yeah. kind of with Wheeler, where he just has a really good four seamer and the secondary stuff sometimes is good enough, but oftentimes isn't, and he still can get by. Sometimes, sometimes not, and it's just his battle with the secondary stuff. And I can see that happening with Wheeler as well. Uh, that's just the problem I have. I, I mean, I still I feel weird even saying this because I still kind of like Wheeler. Yeah. It just. Uh, it's very. You're it's just trying to have your eyes open, right? You're not trying to fall head over heels for all the good stuff and not understand the other side, which is the the mistake we made with with, with Castillo. And so I, I think it's fair to just present the other side. Now, Flaherty, I think, is the one you're going to get more pushback on from folks because this is a guy who super highly touted doesn't have the injury track record of a Wheeler and is having a truly brilliant season here. I mean, this has been a, a, a breakout rookie season. Um, obviously Acuna and Soto are going to run away with it. He'll get some down ballot votes. Uh, Flaherty will, but talk to us about your concerns with him because 30% strikeout, 13% swinging strike, 192 average, like people are going to Castillo the hell out of him. <laughs> so so what what are uh you can say hell. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> um tell me tell me score what are Jack Flaherty's pitches? Fastball slider. Is that it? Um uh, mostly for me, yeah. Yeah, well that's yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he that, throws that's it. He, he does throw some curveballs that I think are definitely curveballs, but I also think he throws some that get labeled as curves that are that are sliders. Right. Uh he also has I mean he does two fastballs too, it's a four seamer and sinker, and guess what? I don't love the sinker. I'm weird. <laughs> I mean he's throwing it a little bit better now. It was a lot worse than the beginning of the year. He is getting thirty four percent O swing and forty one percent zone as actually surprisingly what I like from two seamers. That means that he's starting them off uh, on the play and they're falling off and hoping yep. to get swings on that. That's generally how you should be using a two seamer. Uh Jose Arena does that and it makes me like him a little bit more than than most. Uh not to say that I love Jose Arena, but uh, anyway, I was able to I was able to get some stream wins, including today yes. with Arania. All right, 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, the main thing with with Flaherty is he has this really good secondary pitch, <coughs> Castillo, and you know his fastball has been working very well, <coughs> Castillo. Castillo. <laughs> With Wes having questions about a third pitch, and that's Castillo. I mean, it, it's essentially the same exact blueprint that we saw. Not to mention that Castillo has picked it up again. Yes. Uh, but we, you know, we, once we see a guy establish himself a certain way in a rookie year, we need to see him do that again before we really believe that he can do this all the time. I understand it's what, like 50 plus more innings. From yeah. from Flaherty this year, there's a little more sustainability there, more believability as well. He also kind of had his value A and came out of it, which I always like to see uh, through a season. It, it's just, I, I, I feel like there people are going to just expect him to pick up right where he left off. Flaherty's going to be so expensive. And, yeah, he's going to be a top 20 pick. Yes. I know I know this Top already. 20 pitcher. Right, like sorry. I always, I always say it like that. I never say it overall. <laughs> but, yeah, I forget, obviously, that's the, the standard one. So, yeah, top. He's going to be picked at the top 20 starters, and I'm not going to do that. I'll probably have him around 25. I like Walker Bueller more. Me too. Um, but uh, I, I imagine that Flaherty might go a little bit higher, that 30% carry, 106 whip. I get it. So, I mean, what I – okay, this is really the model I see of him failing is he has a 15% home run five ball rate. I don't know if that will necessarily stay there or lower. It could maybe creep up a little bit. I also see a 9.3% walk rate. That could stick around, and that's not good. Strikeouts come down from the uh, 30% rate. Let's say it goes down to 24, 25. That's not out of the question. Even, even the doubling of the of the 13% swing strike at 26 is still a four-point drop. Right, sure. Uh, and then you also have the nine, sorry, the 618 hit per nine. That, yeah. Come on, a 248 BABIP. That's going to change. So he actually has a, he has a 376 FIP. Uh, I'm not doing Sierra because I'm saying the home run five ball is going to stay the same. Okay. Uh, which generally is the reason for the difference in Sierra. There is other little factors as well, but most of the time it does does mean uh, home runs. It could be like doubles where a guy was on first or not, or whatever. Uh, so it's 377, 376 FIP with a whip that's like 125, 130. Yeah. Yeah, I could, you know, right? And strikeouts. Like, again, I think he's similar to his teammate, um, Michaelis, in that, not, not in the whole profile, in that we're putting a negative slant on this, but we still like what the right. bottom line could be. We Now, where they differ is that we don't want to pay the premium for Flaherty. Right. Whereas, whereas Michaelis, I think, will actually be relatively cheap. Right. I, I, I mean, I'm still wondering. I do this every year. I never really know where ADP falls and who well, I actually go for. I, I would be surprised if I actually find myself getting Flaherty. Justin Mason uh, has started uh, his two early mocks. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, right. So that, <laughs> see if I can find some ADP here fly. I know that uh, Samada, S-M-A-D-A underscore B-B, is running that. And let me see if Flaherty has been taken. And I, I think there's only two mocks right now. And so I know ours hasn't gone. Oh, no, there's eight. Excuse me. <laughs> wow, Justin's <laughs> a stud. What, a, what an absolute stud that guy is. Yeah, I'll be doing mine in uh, the middle of August with the pitcherless staff. I'll be, we'll be doing two of them. In August? Those will be too late. Sorry, in October. What did I say, say August? Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll be doing them in October. <laughs> yeah, well, that, not too late. That'd be too early, really. Um, okay, so Flaherty hasn't been taken in any of the leagues yet, and it's mainly because I think the deepest any league is is about pick 50. Oh, oh, because Smata was um, 
uh, on vacation this weekend, so he hasn't updated. So I think if you go, again, Smata underscore BB, give him a follow, by the way. He's awesome. But also just uh, for that ADP, when he updates it, when he gets back, I think Flaherty will start to be off the board, and, and Nick's going to be right. It's going to be top 20 SP style. Yeah, that would be like so. that'd be a round where I was getting David Price this year, yes. like around 6th, yeah. 7th round. And I, I would still rather take price. So yep, I think right. so. let's end it with uh, with my my surprise. Yeah, what do you got here? I mean, I, it's it's Bauer. It has to be. It's Kluber. Oh no, it's Kluber. I love Corey Kluber. I absolutely do. The fastball is garbage, man. It has been <laughs> from Jump Street, and eventually, it's going to. He's going to have to pay a bigger toll on it, and I am concerned on that. And I, I am concerned mostly via the home run. And I think it's going to be a situation where he's still going to be very good. Obviously, it's a stretch to say he wouldn't be top 50. He'd have to really pay a home run toll. But my point is to underline that I'm a little bit nervous about taking the 33-year-old Kluber as a top 5 SP because the fastball is so bad. I mean, he chopped eight points off of his strikeout rate from last year from 34 to 26. That's a big dip. Now, 26 is still good, and a 4% walk rate gave him a very healthy 22% strikeout minus walk rate. Um, now, the one thing that counters my, my concerns here is that he's shifted to the cutter. Now, if the cutter percentage amps up, and he says four-seamers are four-seamer sinkers are going to be 36%, down from 42%, and he amps that into the cutter, uh, I'm out of the water. I'm I'm dead in the water on this, and he has no. Ch- he won't even. He'll barely even struggle. But if he continues to be a 40 plus percent fastball guy, I am concerned. Now I've been as early as anybody, except for perhaps Carson, who was fringe fiving Kluber back in the day. Like I love. Like this is not an anti Kluber thing in terms of I'm I, I'm quitting him. I'm nervous about when the toll is going to come due for that bad fastball though, because it is going to be via home runs, and he still has blow up outings here and there. As a as a superstar, as everything as everything else ages and wanes a little bit, I do worry. And so, as you mentioned, a three sixty ERA and a one eighteen WHIP is not going to put you outside the top fifty. So it's really more of a top ten guy who I think could push out of the top thirty five. And so that's a little bit cheating from what we're what we're trying to get done here. Yeah, come on, I, just, I know, I know. I just wanted to highlight <laughs> that I do have some concerns about my boy Klubot. Sure. And the curveball is still the sexiest thing. Not you know the the um, I think Doug Thorburn calls it a slidra to imply that obviously it has like slider tendencies, but it's a hydra. It's multifaceted. It can curve. It can cut. It can break. It does everything. There's still a good foundation here. I'm not saying don't take him, but as like the third, fourth, fifth SP off the board. I have I have a little bit of nerves with that. I don't um, know if that's where he's going to go. I mean, is that where he's going in the the mock drafts? Because yeah, he's going he's going pretty high. Uh, let's see. I would that. say he'd be. I think he'd settle around like eight or seven. Honestly, Here's his ADPs: twenty-seven, seventeen, fifteen, thirteen, twenty-one. That's overall ADP. Thirteen. So like thirteen. And someone took him 15. Those are both first. Oh, excuse me. These are twelve team leagues. So that's um, those yeah, are all it's three turn. Yeah, those, those are second round. Picks. That, that, that blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I I guess my argument against that is: Are you expecting the sinker to get even worse? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's essentially, even with a bad sinker now, and keep in mind, he lowered his fastball rate 
uh, to about 40%, yes. 42% last year from above 50% before he was throwing over 50% fastballs. He, he Two straight years underneath point. 43% of it. And so, he, you know, it's essentially what I'm seeing is if it gets worse, that means it just returns to 2014-15-16, and that was, you know, his worst season, that was a 349, um, and that was still with a 27% K rate. I I don't really – the fall-off doesn't seem so drastic to me. But the homers uh, are up year over year, and so if you if you bring it back – Well, also, I mean, yeah, if you want to do it relative to the seasons, uh, that's a decent argument of, like, 2015, that was the year of the pitcher. Yeah. So him performing at that relative to the rest wasn't so hot. Uh, and, of course, and then it's kind of gone up. Homer and five ball has gone up with the league as well. I'm ranking him top ten, right, obviously. I, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have him high. I just – he's – No, we're just talking about the floor, essentially. I, yeah, I took him without concern this year. Without, But Eno and I, back, back in the day when he was on the pod, we've been talking about the bad fastball forever. It's a known thing. I just wonder if it's if it's ever going to come due or will he continue to downshift? Like I said, if he keeps downshifting the percentage and Kluber goes to more cutters and says, I know I don't have a good 4 more sinker and let me cut, 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 Okay. That's uh, there. There's uh, that can protect it, but I just want to highlight that I do share a little bit of concern about the Klubot, despite my uh, my long term love for him. Okay, all right, I understand. I mean, I, I think his floor is twenty five. Okay, and I'll that's that. And even that though, like that wouldn't bother me. I, I I would not actually have a problem with that, even if I took him as the eighth starter and he was twenty fifth. Like that's not a season ruiner. Exactly. Um, so I I get that. I get that. All right, that's going to wrap us up on this week's fireside. Um, if you guys have ideas, definitely let us know because we are hitting the 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 grind here. Do you have anything that would help you guys for the last couple weeks too? I guess it'll be one week left. Yeah, this is uh next time we do it next Sunday will be just one week. One week left. Oh yeah. man, it's just so sad. It really is, dude. I'm like, listen, I am amped for this playoff because it's going to be disgusting. It's going to be fun. so good in the AL. It's but I am, but I am still sad that the season's almost over. It's just, yeah. it's always, it's always a bummer to close the book. Um, Jen, my girlfriend was bringing this up the other day, and it was, I was like, this is why I love it. She goes. Baseball's on all the time. I go, yeah, that's why it's amazing. She's like, football has their day, like college football and, and pro football. I'm like, she's like, baseball is always on. I go, yes, now you understand why it's so great. You just hit on it. Now, she was saying it as a bit of a negative, I think. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, no. No, it's, that's it's part the, of your life. It's just, it's the just always there. And, yeah, then... Yes. And, then it, and then it gets snatched away uh, in late October, early November, and it's it's – so what we do, we just talk to each other the entire time through it and just wait for it yep. to come back. And we will. And we'll be here with pods <laughs> and, and picture list and rotographs. We'll be pumping out content. Um, in fact, Nick, I will need you on our uh, on our rotographs call soon to discuss the offseason plan. But that, we'll handle that offline. But uh, I hope you have a great week, and I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Likewise. Take care, Spore.
Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.